I have already started recording. Oh, aren't you, Mr. Fancy Pants? I am. Do you? Oh, wait. Let me send you. I have set up so much AV equipment in my kitchen. I was afraid you were going to send me a picture of your pants. <laughs> no. I do have some nice pants, but nothing I would consider necessarily. Pants, the pants alone are not fancy. Okay, show me the fancy AV equipment. Mm -hmm. Oh, fancy. Mm -hmm. Is this for... This is to teach one one class for one hour. Oh my god, Brian. (laughs) That 25 foot uh, HDMI cable that I bought was surprisingly affordable. Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod, and you can find the podcast on Twitter at GaySpacePod. With me, as always, is my rockin' co-host, August. Hello, I am August. I'm also really shocked that uh, Discord did not, like, noise gate any of that for once. Um, weird. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> It was weird. Um, Usually you just like drop out after the first half second. But um, anyway, you can find me on the Twitters at Harpydora and my pronouns are they them. Uh, Let's see. Cartoon news. Futurama is coming back for some reason. Why? I don't know. That show comes back. It's made so many comebacks in like. It progressively gets less good every time. Yeah, I feel like I feel like this was a mistake. I feel like this is not going to end well. No, I don't I don't have great expectations for it. Yeah. Um I mean, maybe I could be wrong, but you know, not not the hugest. I mean, I like Futurama quite a bit. I like it more than The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, uh, but like the and that's not to say like oh only the first run of Futurama is good. That's actually not true. That second run of Futurama when it got picked up by Toonami or uh, Adult Swim that was actually probably its best run. Uh, but I don't like the movies and the seasons that have come out. Like it just you know. You get diminishing returns because it's not the Simpsons and riffing on pop culture on a near constant basis. Like you eventually run the fuck out of stories to tell. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's happening. Uh, Kirby will deep throat anything. The Internet has taught me that's not cartoon news, but that's knowledge I have to live with. And now you do, too. Dude, have you played any Kirby games? Like, have you seen the car? I don't like it. I don't like the car. I mean, that's fair. I'm just saying, like, Kirby, you know, Kirby fans been no. Like, Kirby will put anything in his mouth. Like, he's not, he's not discriminatory. Tied with Reagan for Throat Goat title. Woo! (laughs) Damn. Uh. (laughs) Anyway. 
Yeah, let's see. Any other cartoon news? Uh, I have yet to watch the uh, Critical Role cartoon. I just can't bring myself to it. Well, I mean, nobody's paid us an exorbitant amount of money to do it yet, so. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Pay us money so we can watch this show we don't want to watch. Torture us. (laughs) This will be our great Gundam project of Critical us watching the Critical Role cartoon. God. Uh... Let's see. Have you watched any cartoons? August? Any cartoons? Um, so we finished Archive 81. Mm-hmm. Um, eh. It okay. had some good moments. Uh, I feel like the podcast was probably better. Um, like, I don't remember much of season one particularly clearly at all. So uh, we're going back. Anya and I are going to listen to the first season of Archive 81 because season one, well, if they get a second season, then season one maps to season one of the podcast. Um, what was, what, what like service or channel, what was this on? Netflix. Netflix. Okay. I, hmm. I have some problems with the writing. The main characters are not the sharp, sharpest bulbs in the box. Um, and there are some writing decisions that got made that I'm just like, fucking why? But, eh, it's fine. I don't regret watching it. I had fun watching it with my partner. So, you know, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But other than that, watched a little Olympics with Anya, um, a lot of skate people are not having a good time falling on the ice. That sucks for them. Why is the why is the falling on the ice bad? Is that not normal for them? That that's not supposed to happen. Like if for figure skating in particular, you're not supposed to fall when you execute oh. your flippy bits. Oh right. Or spinny bits. Is there a reason? S- is it like an unprecedented number of people doing the falling? I have no idea. I it's just every yeah. time I watch it, some people are just eating shit on the ice. And it's like, you know, it's Olympic level figure skating. So you figure that they wouldn't be eating shit on the ice as much. But it's literally every routine I've watched. Somebody has just fallen flat. It's ridiculous. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, so those are the only cartoons I've watched. Let's see. I finished Book of Boba Fett yesterday because it finished up. Mm-hmm. Very good. In- an ending that is very, uh, very much the, uh, the ending fight scene on, uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico where shit is just popping off all over the place. Lots of people do not like Book of Boba Fett and, uh, it's not... Like, it didn't blow my fucking mind, and I am confused as to why the, like, basically two episodes in the middle were just extended Mandalorian episodes. Um, but I liked it. I don't expect, I don't expect much out of Star Wars, uh, and then I am rewarded when things are good, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I can pass off the shit, the shit. Star Wars is, like, not... It's not high art. It's fucking Star Wars. <laughs> so. Yeah, well. Uh, 
Cad Bane showed up. I guess, spoiler alert, I don't know. Uh, so I popped real hard for that, because I like Cad Bane. Um, that's, that, that's my big review of the Book of Boba Fett. It was okay. <laughs> I liked the characters. The plot was meh. Uh, but it expanded the world in an interesting way, and I'm interested on, you know, I'm would have been with or without it i would have been interested in mandalorian season three so i don't mm-hmm. like the weird uh deep fakes luke skywalker it's i'm not pleased by him so uh, they didn't I, get mark hamill no because they obviously they they they, they like because you can't just de-age mark hamill because his face is just not even the same anymore Mm-hmm. um because he had that that accident so you can't de-age him properly because his bone structure is no longer the same mm-hmm. um which is fine you know like the there are a number of shots in it where i'm just like wow that uh, when he's paired up when he's like just opposite grogu um i'm it's very believable uh and like honestly it, it, it's not even when he's next to another human you're like, oh, okay, that's fake. But it's not like fake in a like, I'm going to recoil from this sort of way. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just a CG person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this is good. I mean, they, they're advancing the technology, so it's neat. Um, but they, because also Mark Hamill's voice no longer sounds like Mark Hamill. They can't just de-age his voice either. So they like fucking neural netted uh, a Mark Hamill voice. Uh, and you can tell because it's very emotionless. Wow. Uh, so I just re honestly, just cast Sebastian Stan as young Mark Hamill. If you're going to keep doing this, just do it. You've got him on the payroll. Yeah, well, um, and he looks almost exactly like Mark Hamill. He really does. The two of them joke about it on Twitter all the time. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I hadn't thought of, I hadn't drawn that comparison before, but now that you've said that, yeah. Yeah, he could just, and I, people fucking understand, well, yeah, yeah, Mark Hamill's not, in fact, 20 years younger than he, well, he is now, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah whatever. I uh, liked it just fine. Um. Sounds like the, we've just been watching some okay stuff. Yeah, just some okay stuff. Oh, a thing that I've been watching that is, in fact, really good is Peacemaker. Uh, I think next week is going to be their ser- the the season or series finale. And it's mm-hmm. so good. It is, a, like, it is very James Gunny at his most James Gunny. Like, this is not, if you're used, if you didn't watch The Suicide Squad and, like, you're familiar with James Gunn from the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, like, by all means, please read some descriptors about what's going on in Peacemaker because it's gory and there's a lot of really bad people who say and do a lot of very bad things. But they're framed in a very like these people are bad uh, sort of way. Mm-hmm. You know, I am fine with the bad guys doing bad things, uh, especially when those bad guys do, in fact, get their comeuppance, which they do because James Gunn is a complicated storyteller. <laughs> He knows that the bad guy needs to eat shit, um, especially if you make them absolutely heinous. Uh, but uh, it was a very good episode this week. I, I very much enjoy a lot of the characters. Uh, the I'm, I'm interested to see how they resolve their plot. 
uh, as it were. Um, I also hope that, like, I'm pretty sure it's been greenlit for season two or something like that. I haven't checked into it, but I don't want a season two. I just want this story to end proper. Mm-hmm. And, they, like, fuck the Snyder Cut. Just, like, let James Gunn rule your fucking extended universe with these sorts of properties. Because, like, Birds of Prey was good. It had some kind of wonky... Like, Birds of Prey had some wonky action scenes. Um, But the movie overall was very good. Yeah. And The Suicide Squad was also extremely good. And to be perfectly honest, I also liked Shazam. I don't know if you saw Shazam. Uh, I didn't. It's on my list of things that I actually want to watch at some point. Yeah, it's real fun. Did it change my life? No, but it's a good little fun movie. And also kind of fits vibe-wise with, like, those. obviously it's a completely different, it's like a PG-13 movie, and The Suicide Squad is like a hard R-ass movie. Um, But, like, they have, like, a vibe to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be perfectly frank, fucking Aquaman also has a very similar vibe. It's weird. It's like, like DC gets good directors and then lets them just do whatever, which is good and sometimes bad. Uh, but it does lead to like their properties don't match up and they desperately want a cinematic universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's most of what I've been watching. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Andy Stevenson, um, uh, creator of She-Ra, uh, Princesses of Power, not OG She-Ra, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they put out a cute little comic book inspired by Book of Boba Fett because they are a very big fan of, Z- of Zam Wessel, who is the uh, changeling from Episode 2 Attack of the Clones. Uh, and is an important member of the cast in the Django Fett video game. <laughs> uh, that, that's a lot. That's a yeah. lot that you just said. Yeah. Do you not remember Sam Wessel? Bruh. <laughs> Come on. You, it's yeah. Sam Wessel, August. How could I have forgotten? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, they wrote like a cute comic about Sam Wessel and... Uh, their relationship with Django and Boba, and it's, it's very cute. Aww. Alrighty. Well, let's talk about some Steven Universe. Uh, this week, we are uh, going over episodes 107, 108, and 109, Mindful Education, Future Boy Zoltron, and Last One Out of Beach City. Uh, first up is episode 107, Mindful Education, came out on August the 25th, 2016, written by Colin Howard, Jeff Liu, and Takafumi Hori, who was, I guess, a guest, uh, writer and storyboarder on this, because it says guest next to their name. Uh, official synopsis, Connie and Steven need to learn greater focus to take their training to the next level. No. No, they're not no. focusing. Focus isn't the issue that they're at. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess in a way, sort of. But uh, no. D minus. Absolutely not. Yeah. Not, no, not even, what'd you say, C minus? D. D minus? Okay, yeah, that's fair. It's not an, abs- it's not an abject lie, so it's not an F. We have occasionally yeah. gotten some of those. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. So... We do know what the bottom of the barrel looks like. 
so, yeah. The episode starts off with Connie walking up to the house, um, and she knocks on the door. She's greeted by a bald Steven, who is desperately trying to get Connie to pay attention to his bald-ass head. Uh, but Connie seems to be lost in thought, seems to be somewhat down, um... Finally, Steven's like, hey, I'm bald. And Connie's like, oh, geez, what happened? He's like, it's nothing. It's just a joke. Uh, and then he sort of starts to notice something's up with Connie. Uh, but before he can get any information, Pearl and Garnet warp in. Um, they are going to have a special training day today. They're going to train as Stevani. And that's why I guess Garnet is here. Uh, she's here to cheer them on. She has a sign, a fusion sign. On one side, it says, go Steven and Connie. On the other side, it says, uh, go Stevani. <laughs> um, fast forward to the uh, the Sky Arena. And Connie and Steven are facing off against two hollow pearls. It is clear that Connie is still distracted by something. Um but uh, she gets her head somewhat in the game, and they fuse together. Uh, they begin fighting a fused big ol' hollow pearl. Um, we find out that Stevani has inherited uh, Steven's floating powers, but as Stevani goes for the finishing blow, uh, we get a weird... We kind of move into a liminal space and get a weird flash of some kid that we don't know. Um... Stevani screams sorry, and when they land, uh, Connie and Steven have defused. Uh, Connie freaks out a little bit and then runs off. Uh, Steven goes after her. We find Connie uh, depressed, probably crying. It doesn't seem like she's crying, but maybe she's crying. I don't know what's going on with Connie there, but she's got her head in her knees. Uh, the universal sign of I'm upset. And Steven asks what's up. Connie explains that she quote-unquote beat up a kid at school uh what actually happened is a kid bumped into her at school her training kicked in and she like judo flips him uh but she was so embarrassed about herself that she runs off um as steven is steven is trying to comfort connie being like hey listen you know bad stuff happens sometimes you do stuff that you regret you've just gotta i think more or less steven's <laughs> advice boils down to you just gotta push it deep down deep yeah. deep down yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and Garnet's like, no, Garnet shows up. She's like, no, 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 no. Um, she takes them out to the beach where they uh, fuse and meditate. And Garnet sort of explains that uh, you need to you need to be emotionally centered while fused. Um, that it uh, if you're if you're not centered, then it can throw the fusion process off and you can kind of see glimpses of bad things. Uh, so she begins to teach Stevani kind of like a more or less guided meditation. Um, and we get the song Here Comes a Thought. Uh, it's a fucking banger. Spoiler alert. It's a great song. Um, and we get kind of like a metaphoric uh, explanation of what's going on in the song. Uh, the You just need to just go listen to the song. I'm not going to explain this. It's going to be real. The song sounds it sounds real corny when you try and explain any song, really. Uh, so just go listen to the song. It's on Spotify. Uh, Connie, we fast forward to the next day um, where Connie uh, has made up with the kid. His name is Jeff. Shout out to Jeff Stormer. I'm sure this you were this kid who got flipped by Connie Maheshwarn. Uh, 
and she's made up with Jeff. She's like, I'm I'm definitely I've got my head in the game. We're going to be good. And Steven's like, great. And then he like sees Rose's sword and Steven's like, oh, no, trauma. I've got it. Uh, fast forward back to the Sky Arena. Um, the Steve uh, Stevani is kicking the shit out of some hollow pearls, uh, but has a flash of bismuth uh, when uh, they stab into the hollow pearl. Uh, Steven kind of gets his head back together inside of the fusion, uh, but Stevani is pulled back into kind of the liminal space where they are confronted with Japsper and, his cor- and her corruption. Um, they also see Eyeball and the, the anger and hatred that she has towards Steven. Um, and then... Uh, they're surrounded by, like, Bismuth and Jasper and Eyeball, and they're all looming over them. Uh, Stevani sort of is really losing focus at this point, and all of them meld together into a giant rose quartz, which I'm sure doesn't mean anything. Um, Stevani is backing up, trying to get away from this, but in the real world, uh, has backed off the edge of the Sky Arena and begins to fall through the air, uh, where they defuse. Connie's like, Steven! let's reform Stevani. We'll just float down to the ground. Everything will be okay. But Steven is having a full blown breakdown over there. Uh, Connie says that Connie kind of walks Steven through it. Like you have to confront your problems. It hurts. There's nothing that's going to not make it hurt, but running from it is not going to make it better. You have to come to terms with it. Um, and you will feel better in the long run. Uh, this gives Steven the confidence to fuse again. They become Stevani. They float down to the ground. Stevani lays down in the uh, in the grass, repeating the f- like uh, repeating the phrase from the song "I'm here." Star wipe the end. <sighs> yeah, how about that trauma though? How about that trauma though? <laughs> Lull trauma. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like how th- this is the first time where I've not been all of these cuties when Steven and Connie start off an episode because Connie's I sad. I know. Poor it's like, Connie. Oh no, Connie. She's sad. Uh, how bad did you think that she kicked the shit out of that kid when she initially explains it? Well, when we find out later that he has a broken arm, I that tracked with with what. I thought had happened. I don't know how she broke his arm. She just flips him. Like, like, I don't know. I don't, I think that kid broke his own arm. It's kind she, of conspiracy, I think. Uh-huh. Um. I was, uh, poor Steven and his <laughs> gag not going over at all. It's true. I I have very similar like I do elaborate jokes as well that people are just not paying attention to. And I'm just like stuck waiting to do something for like 15 minutes and just then the moment passes. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm I'm pretty sure I've left you hang, hanging at least once. Yeah, I'm sure we've got recordings of it, too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we probably. do. Because I, I was trying to get that seven, eight, nine joke. God to damn go over it. One time. <laughs> Yeah, no. That's not really God on damn you. That's it. you don't know how numbers. I don't know how numbers. <laughs> how is jokes? <laughs> how jokes? Well, we'll find out next episode how jokes. Uh-huh. Um, 
the do you think Garnet shows up to this because she knew that she needed to be there? I think that Garnet showed up like Garnet is just so pleased whenever Steven demonstrates that he can fuse and like she made the sign and mm-hmm. she made it a fusion sign and just I think that she showed up there like she may have had an inkling that she needed to be there but more I think she just wanted to see Stevani. She mm, wanted that- to see her her intersex child. Mm-hmm. Um So interesting thing that I noticed that they they change up with Stevani's speech patterns and moments mm. in this episode is um so when the last time we saw Savani, um, they were kicking the ever living shit out of Jasper. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but also, they were referring to themselves with like first person, uh, like pronouns, like eyes and me's. Uh. And specifically in this episode, the first time that we see Stevani, uh, and they like jump over that hollow pearl and then flutter, they specifically say, like, oh wow, Stevani has hover powers. Because they're not fully in sync. Yeah. I think is what's up? I, I think that it's implied that like Connie is at the forefront of Stevani in this particular instance because like. I don't remember if we've ever heard Stevani refer to Pearl before, but Stevani called Pearl ma'am. Well, I think what it is, I think it flips because I, I think initially it's Steven more toward the surface because that's like more of an excited exclamation of Steven uh, because Connie's the one who's distracted and focused on, you know, like you know, in her own head, right? And then it flips the second time around where Connie is the one who's focused and Steven's the one inside of his own head. Mm. Yeah, that would make sense. But I mean, the I still definitely think that like it's a case of like one of them is more at the forefront than the other and they're, you know, like you said they're not 100% in sync. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a nice subtle nod to like what's going on. Mhm. Mhm. Without sort of like spelling it out. Yeah. And it's I don't want to call this like a Dragon Ball-esque power-up sort of thing, but it is kind of interesting just to see how, like, you know, Steven's powers are getting, you know, more manifest, and that bleeds through to Stevani, who's already, you know, pretty (laughs) badass in their own right, but, you know, it's cool that Steven's increasing abilities are, are boosting Stevani's as well. You cannot tell me, you cannot convince me, period, um, that they did not at least a little bit take the idea of fusion from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, no, I I can't. <laughs> like, I mean, it it's fusion. Like, It's fusion. It's literally Dragon Ball fusion. They dance and then they become a person. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. They just don't have to wear a dumb earring. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's definitely fusion. More uh, 
Steven Universe Shonen anime confirmed. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're uh, only 107 episodes in before we came to this conclusion. Well, I think we've been talking about it being more of a shonen anime than, like, say, a magical girl anime. Because yeah, it follows no. more of that shonen anime, like, arc. Um, no, I was referring specifically to the Dragon Ball connection. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I like how Steven's pep talk is like, hey, you know, we all commit war crimes every now and then. Yeah. It's, gotta it's not okay. Pay. Like, Steven's advice is literally just like, don't think about it. Yeah. Just repress it. It's fine. Yeah, Nothing bad will happen. Repress real hard. Yeah. Um. I also like, I think I've noted, I noticed in this episode is that Steven and Connie have like a particular little like nod they do at each other right before they like fuse into Stevani and it's very cute. Mm-hmm. Hang on a second. Little bit is trying to get on my desk. Stop. He's got hot takes. August. His takes are lukewarm at best. Well, you never let him talk into a mic. How are we supposed to know? What are you trying to hide, August? He talks into August? a mic all the time. What are you trying to hide? Are you a member of the deep state? People have heard him on podcasts plenty of times. He's a podcat. <laughs> and now he's just staring at me. Judgmentally. <laughs> Stop. <sighs> <laughs> I love this cat, but I hate him. Anyway, um, yeah, I we all do a little war crime every once in a while. It's fine. Just don't think about it. Just don't think about it. The here's the big part. Look, let's talk about the big part of this episode. I feel like mm-hmm. uh, uh, here comes the thought banger all time banger. Yeah. It's real uh, good. Steven Universe out here gonna make you cry with this song it's really good um and like what a great way to get across the message of like mindfulness and you know trying to not be as much of an anxious wreck as 90% of the audience of Steven Universe surely is yeah or at least became yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, this is this is season four by now, right? So, I mean, this is, you know, this this is not at the beginning. They know they have an older audience by now. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, like, generally their audience, I think their audience, I can't remember what their, I know what their target demos were. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I, I think that, you know, they were sh- shooting for, like, a median age of, like, around 12 to 13. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess for Steven Universe, maybe a little bit younger, like 10 to 13 range, right? That tweeny range. Um, those kids are all like basically adults now. And they're all like Gen Z, just like nervous wrecks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't go ahead. No, go on. I can't tell you the number of, people I saw on my Tumblr dash at the time that this episode came out talking about like how this song legitimately helped them with panic attacks and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Like it was, uh, yeah. Steven universe knows their demographic is anxious. Selenials. 
the it's just it's it just does it it, it fucking nails what it was trying to do like it's a great like it's just a good song mm-hmm. it's a good song that has a great message that is informative and educational on a level that like their their audience who don't necessarily have like um who are still developing a level of emotional intelligence it's not that they don't have it it's just that they they're developing it currently mm-hmm. and it explains it in such a way that it is easy to digest for somebody who doesn't have a whole lot of tools about like their own interiority yeah and also Which, for like sad adults who cry a lot <laughs> oh yeah mm-hmm. sad adults who may also not have very good emotional tools Mm-hmm. Uh, the only like I I think Stronger Than You is probably my still my number one song yeah Stronger Than You is a little catchier like I have a hard time like I remember the message behind Here Comes a Thought but I have a hard time producing the, the melody of it in my head whereas Stronger Than You pops in there immediately true and it may be just because like it's a a more upbeat i want to go listen to it more often you know what i mean like it's like a song i can get pumped up to yeah um so i there are some strong contenders for 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 banging songs uh in the movie too so okay uh what i think when we get to the end we need to rank songs. Yes. Yeah. I I agree. Yeah. Um so, Okay, so in this I wrote what the shit did Connie do to that kid's arm? Uh because like looking at the throw, maybe maybe she like hyperextends his rotator cuff. But that's a pretty that's a, it was a pretty tame throw. I think that kid yeah. already had a broken arm. He knew Connie was a badass and he's like, oh, "I'm going to get the insurance money here." Uh, oh my god (laughs) yes this child is committing insurance fraud Mm -hmm. only logical explanation yeah (laughs) I also wrote here we'll do so much better laughs and trauma (laughs) Mm mm-hmm 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 I mean, it is nice to to see that Stephen is having to reckon with the trauma that he's been accruing over the past uh, the past several seasons. Like, you know, he is one hundred percent a happy go lucky individual, but he's also demonstrably bad at being in touch with his own feelings sometimes, and uh, you know it makes sense for that to play out in this fashion. It's just, I wasn't sure that they were going to go there. Uh, so it's nice to see that they did. (laughs) Okay. It took them, it took them three seasons and a couple of episodes to get there. So that is admittedly quite a while. I Um, mean, true, but he only just recently committed many of those heinous acts. That's fair. Because, like, Steven, like, Bismuth is the real starting turning point of Steven's character. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. when he is forced to do real demonstrable violence. Mm-hmm. 
and he against, has no against way out. a person that he knows is a person and is yeah. not, you know. Cuz like poofing the poofing the corrupted gems is we don't we don't know what the interiority of like the corrupted gems are, but like you could probably ask them in their non-corrupted form like what would you prefer and they probably would prefer not like roaming around and causing chaos and hurting people, you know. Yeah. Um so well, we we don't know that actually because with uh, Centipedal, she oh yeah, because she does have her little colony. Though we don't see gem, we don't see corrupted gems hanging out with many other corrupted gems often. I guess the only thing is like the birds at the Sky Temple, but also mm-hmm. they were like a legitimate threat to the people around them. Yeah, but the, I mean, yeah. I mean, we we do have, you know, she she could have very easily had the choice of being somewhere where she could get poofed and she chose to go be a monster elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's hard to uh, it's hard to pin down. You know what I mean? Because, like, if you asked me yeah. my current my current vibe, like if I would want to do that, I'd be like, no, put me in a bubble until you can figure out something. Because I don't I don't want to be responsible for damage or hurting other people or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but and I, and I mean, it may be. So much of this show lends itself towards deeper analysis in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm at least like from a plot standpoint, but I don't know that they necessarily thought that far ahead with the corrupted gems as such. Yeah. Cause I mean, a lot of the setting of Steven universe, Steven universe is like a, a character driven show, not necessarily a, a big plot or lore driven show. Like yeah. The lore and the plot are there in so far as they serve character development. Yeah. So sometimes things are fuzzy because like they're th- those minor details are not necessarily important to the thing they're wanting to accomplish. Yeah. Uh but yeah. It's interesting. But yeah, but Bismuth is really the first like this is real violence Stephen must commit. Yeah, this is this is violence against hel- a yeah. person. Yeah. He's not helping anyone here. Like, he yeah. can't even justify this as helping anyone. He is hurting yeah. someone. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah. The, so yeah, the, like, Bismuth and then Eyeball and then Jasper, like, they all kind of flow into one another. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have this level of trauma at the beginning of season three. That's true. It's all new trauma, baby. Woo! Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. Um, man, that like Stephen breaking down and crying and everything. That's a real gut punch. They they really are just like they're going fucking hard this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. He's just having a full breakdown. It's just really, really hard to watch like he's just a kid trying to not like there's gonna be one there's uh coming up in a few weeks uh when we get to hyperlight distortion or whatever um 
do, 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 what's it called? Adventures in Light Distortion. Um, there is an absolutely brutal scene in that. Uh, so, yo, steal yourself. I look forward to it mm-hmm. for a given measure of looking forward to being destroyed. Yeah. Steven's Steven's breakdown was a lot, but mm-hmm. it was well handled and like yeah. they were able to walk that line between demonstrating how absolutely fucked up Steven is over these things with not wallowing in it. Mm-hmm. Like he had like he much like we have seen when people kind of like find a path forward to deal with the thing that's go that 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 that's troubling them, like they at the end of this episode, Steven has found a path forward. It is not solved by any stretch of the imagination, like we've seen with with Pearl and Amethyst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, always fun to show. Like, good thing Steven Universe shows that like healing is a process. And you're not going to magically be fixed like you must. It's not about being necessarily fixed. It's about learning how to move forward. Yep, exactly. All right. Anything else about mindful education? Nope. All right. Moving on to 108, Future Boy Zoltron came out on September the 1st, 2016, written by Raven Mullisey and Paul Velico. Steven fills in for a fortune-telling machine. He broke at Funland. Okay. Yeah. Because you can't really describe the rest of it. Like, I don't, you you can't put the synopsis, like, mi- helps Mr. Smiley. No one really knows who the fuck Mr. Smiley is. <laughs> like... If you were a casual fan of Steven Universe, you could definitely not know who the fuck Mr. Smiley is. Yeah. So I can see why they would not put that in the description, anything about him in the description. So the episode opens up with uh, Steven. Uh, he is consoling Petey because I guess he's been grounded from doing chores. This little weirdo. Uh, <laughs> he notices Mr. Smiley plugging in a new machine it is called the Zoltron machine. It's a fortune telling robot. It's one of those old-timey fortune tellers. Steven's like, oh, does it work? And he's like, I don't know. Throw a fucking quarter in it. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to do the Mr. Smiley voice there. I don't think I, I nailed it very good. Um, the uh, So Steven does, uh, and uh, characteristically, Zoltron is not great at telling the future because it is a clockwork robot. Uh, Steven gently taps it, and it turns into dust. Uh, Mr. Smiley begins freaking the fuck out because it was really expensive. And Steven's like, God, please just let me make it up to you. I'm tired of being banned from every business in Beach City. Um, So Mr. Smiley turns Steven into the new Zoltron. I guess that is a solution to the problem. We're just going to assume this is the best solution they had and move forward with the episode. Um, as he is pretending to be a robot, uh, Sadie and Lars walk by. Uh, they are arguing about whether or not to skip work because Lars wants to skip work for for quote unquote movie watching purposes. And Sadie's like, we got to go to work, Lars. What if somebody shows up? Uh, so they go to ask this new fortune telling robot who is, in fact, Steven. Uh, Steven is like, uh, Lars, 
you uh, shouldn't skip work because even though you don't want to admit it deep down, you like to do a good you like the satisfying feeling of doing a good job. And Sadie, um, even though you uh, like to take charge a lot, you you like to have people around to help you. Uh, and they're like, that was real weird that it knows our name. Let's go to work. <laughs> Uh, then we see a montage of Steven telling fortunes, quote unquote, for all the people in Beach City. Um, the best one being Onion, who walks in with a crowbar, uh, who I guess he's going to rob <laughs> Funland. And Steven's like, if you continue on this purpose, you'll I see prison bars in your future. And Onion's like, he's got a very good point. So he shows back up with a balaclava. Kid's got kids got a good brain in his head. Uh <laughs> Uh, but after all of this, um, Steven is approached by a mysterious man, someone we've never seen before. He looks extremely fucking sad. Um, he inserts a quarter into the Zoltron machine and asks, um, do, 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 what did he say? Uh, uh, he asks, uh, Zoltron if it was a mistake coming here and Steven's like, of course it wasn't a mistake coming here. Funland is fun for all ages. He starts second quarter um, uh, asking if talking to quote unquote him will make any difference. And Steven says uh, he's not sure. Human emotions are really complicated for Zoltron. On the third quarter, the man asks uh, if he why he drives uh, if it's him who drives everyone away in his life. Uh, and Steven's like, I don't know how to deal with this. Please come back later. Uh, the man drops his final quarter and gets uh, extremely fucking sad about it because he's already extremely sad about everything. Steven, Steven feels real bad for this. dude. He's like, I wish I could actually help him. I wish I could really tell the future. I wish I had future vision. At that point, Garnet shows up. She's like, you rang? He's like, how would you know to come here? She's like, I've got future vision. Remember? He's like, oh, yeah. Garnet, can I borrow your powers to, to help a complete stranger? And Garnet's like, yes, this is a... This is a great use of my nigh omnip omnipil. Can't do it. What's the word? Omniscient. Yes, uh, godlike powers, uh, <laughs> uh, and gives them to Stephen. Um, the dude who we will come to find out is Mister Frowny. Um, he asks asks uh, basically like, should he talk to? Uh, to uh he's here to see mr smiley something has gone wrong between them um and in every possible future uh steven sees that it doesn't work out for mr smiley uh so he gets depressed and goes uh to get on a bus and head out of town uh, eventually mr smiley shows back up and uh Steven is like, I met Mr. Frowny. He's like, what the fuck? You met Mr. Frowny? Turns out they had a comedy act together. Uh, you know, they were like the joke guy and the sad guy. It was a pretty straightforward act. Um, but it just didn't work out. Uh, Mr. Smi or Mr. Frowny was always depressed, and Mr. Smiley felt like he could never he could never make Mr. Frowny happy. Mr. Frowny never enjoyed the moment. It just did, didn't work out. Um so he asks Stephen uh, if he should go talk to him and every possible future. Stephen sees it not working out. Um, and Stephen says, you just need to tell him how you like how you really feel. So Mr. Smiley runs out to meet Mr. Frowny. 
Um, they have uh, a bit of heart to heart, but it, it it seems as though like they're really not connecting until Mr. Smiley sort of like breaks into a little bit of their old act uh, talking about the weather. Uh, this brings Mr. Frowny around when um, uh, sorry, uh, I lost my place in the thing. Uh, they reenact their act. Uh, and this kind of perks up Mr. Frowny um, after they sort of talk about, like, how they were making each other feel. Uh, and they reconcile. Uh, Mr. Frowny gets on the bus heading out, but seemingly now on good terms with Mr. Smiley. Stephen is like, ah, I have finally rep I have repaid my debt. And Mr. Smiley is like, that machine cost thousands of dollars, Stephen. Uh, Stephen is very uh, depressed at the crushing weight of capitalism. Star wipe the end. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, of course. Of course, Petey gets grounded from alphabetizing things. Right? This fucking nerd, man. This 80-year-old man. 80, yeah. 80-year-old man trapped in a boy body. Like, just what a fucking nightmare situation. Oh, poor guy. Um, um, I was kind of surprised that they didn't reuse the joke where Stephen was like, oh, you used to be a comedian, and Mr. Spiley was like, used to. <laughs> um, but... You know, that tracks. Yeah, that's true. Because it seems like it, it, it's an interesting fact because I don't necessarily think you like I think if you are the target demographic and not like a, a nearly 40 year old adult human, like you maybe don't start putting together the pieces of like that Mr. Smiley and Mr. Frowny have like a, a connection to one another. Mm hmm. Um. It's an interesting, it's an interesting setup. I feel like. Uh, Raise your hand if you thought they were ex-boyfriends for a second. There. Would you like to know some? Uh, I I copy and pasted a bit from the Wikipedia on this. Did you copy? Did you in copy the Steven Universe Art and Origin uh, book? Concepts for the episode of Future Boys Zoltron detailed that Mr. Smiley and Mr. Frownley were written to be in a relationship with notes mentioning that they were clearly lovers. They okay. were, quote, they were clearly <laughs> lovers, end quote. This is from the production notes of this episode. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, then I guess I was picking up what they were putting down. <laughs> it's true. They wrote this show for the gays. Like, they're like, yeah, we can get all this gay shit past the fucking, these oh. straight corporate board heads. Yeah, especially, like, that whole bit where where he turns Mr. Frowny upside down. It was just like, oh my god, that is the most adorable fucking thing. It's true. Their act very, honestly, if I saw this act in a bar, I'd be, I would be pleased by it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, they especially didn't. if they had kind of like a, you know, it's got like a vaudeville vibe. Um, yeah. But if they went with something like that, I think that would be pretty cool. Like, I think you could get away with that act in like the right circumstance, even today. Yeah. I mean, the quality of their comedy isn't why they, they broke up. They broke up because of uh, 
uh, interpersonal differences. So, Mm -hmm. you know, not much you can really, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, if you don't communicate in your relationship, the relationship is not going to work out very well. Yeah. So good, honestly, good advice. Like you've got to express when you have to express how you're feeling as well as being concerned about somebody that you care about's feelings as well. Because yeah. it, it, it doesn't like if you are just repressing your own feelings, it's going to lead to hurt and resentment. Yeah. So agreed. And and I mean, it's it's interesting that this this little tidbit of uh, emotional intelligence should come on the heels of uh, mindful education. Like, yeah, this uh I don't I, I know that they don't write the episodes to be explicitly in order, but it does really follow the follow along pretty decently. Yeah. Um good on uh good on onion, don't show your face. Deny, yeah. deny, deny. <laughs> uh Lars really wants to skip work and go fuck. Like he really wants to do that. Yeah. Is clearly Sadie, that is what he wants to do. Sadie deserves so much better than True. this this horrible gremlin boy. I would say, honestly, like them interacting when Lars, because like there's no one around. Lars is just being Lars. You know what I mean? Or at least as far as Lars is concerned, there's no one around. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think this is the cutest that they've actually been together. They have like a good rapport. Like there's a good friendly rapport going on here. There is, but that doesn't negate the fact that Lars has historically not been very great and no, Sadie yeah, he's deserves still a better. garbage boy. But like you can see like this episode. You can like, see yeah. you can see why Sadie likes him. Yeah. And if he if he would just get over himself and stop being such a garbage boy, he could be a real boy. Yeah. Um <laughs> I wrote well before Sadie calls out uh, Zoltron knowing uh, their names. Like, how the fuck does this robot know our name? <laughs> like, they're not reacting <laughs> to the robot knowing who the fuck they are very much. And then Sadie's like, how does this happen? And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. I also wrote my, <laughs> I wrote in my notes, top Sadie confirmed. Uh <laughs> I thought it was safe to take a sip of drink, but I was wrong. Uh, oh, my God. Also jokes that are in here. Uh, it's OK, Zoltron. Human emotions are hard for me, too. Yeah. Mood. Uh, also, um, before I start diving into the wiki, I wrote they fucked, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's too strong. Um, there has to be some because I think what happened is I remembered I had like a flash of something like either when this episode came out, or when that that art book came out, something about that that had like, you know, was buried somewhere deep inside of my brain. Yeah, no, they definitely fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I do enjoy the little tidbit of the way the show positions fortune telling as like being able to read your audience instead of like actually telling fortunes. Right. Which, 
is interesting considering the fact that future vision does in fact exist but yeah it's uh and and steven seems to innately grasp that reading your audience is how you tell fortunes for money well what's interesting is like a lot of people are not asking what will happen in my future they're like i need advice about this active situation up until mm. Mr. Frowny shows up who wants legitimate advice about what he what his possible future holds. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the reason why Stephen freaks out is he doesn't know Mr. Frowny. He doesn't mm-hmm. know the situation. Yeah, that's also true. He can't cold read Mr. Frowny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Oh, I also looked up Mr. Frowny's voice actor because I'm like, oh, who is Mr. Frowny? Uh, he's not a guy I know. He is um voiced by Brian George, who looks familiar. Let me go to his IMDb page because maybe I recognize him from something else. Um, because he looks kind of familiar. He's apparently in Mass Effect. Um, <laughs> oh, he plays the role additional voices in World of Warcraft Shadowlands. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> um, he's Kamala Khan's dad in the Marvel Avengers video game. Okay. Uh, he plays <clears throat> Alfred in Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I'm not really seeing anything popping off that I recognize. So maybe, uh, maybe I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. Uh, oh, he's Kai Mundi. Uh, who is like a Jedi, he's a Jedi in uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. I, I figured it was something <laughs> Star Wars related. Yeah. <laughs> Kai Mundi just sounds like a Star Wars name. Yeah. Especially like the way that you were like, oh, dude, it's like, oh, this is this is a Star Wars. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's not. That also probably explains why he got... He he's probably in he's in the the uh, Cartoon Network system at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, okay. He does a good job. I like Mister Frowny. Um, yeah. So, uh, him, Mister Smiley, very cute. Yes, uh, very. Nice to see some. Some like MLM rep in Steven Universe. Yes. Outside agreed. of outside of Lars being gay for uh gay for uh Bud. Buck. Buck. Why not even Bud? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Uh yeah. 
it's good shit. Good shit. There's not much else there to like. They they get the message no, across very well. It's just a very cute episode. Yeah, it's it, got a it's decent, a cute fluffy episode. It's got a decent lesson, but it's not necessarily. It's not like it's a lesson that they haven't they haven't treaded f- fairly well already. Steven Universe is very very much a show about talking out your feelings. Yeah. Um. It's not necessarily that they shouldn't have done it either. Like you got to it's an important lesson to reiterate. Um, yes. And this is a different dimension of a set like it, it, it's playing off of a theme. It's not exactly the same story as they've told in other places, uh, but it is definitely not is well inside of their wheelhouse. Yeah. And I mean, I it's important that it happened with adult males. Mm-hmm. That is also uh, true with adult men. Uh, I shouldn't use the the term males like that. That irks me when other people do it. I shouldn't do it. But yeah, with with full grown men, like you know, it's important to see adult men hashing out their emotions responsibly. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. So, and we also get uh, an interracial gay couple. Mm-hmm. Implied gay? No, they're not implied. They're gay. The show writers wrote yeah. them as gay. They're not implied to be gay. They just don't explicitly yeah. say we gay and they like make out on, on screen. It would have been great if they had, but yeah, it's a kid show. Yeah. We don't get an actual, we don't hardly get any kisses in this show as a whole. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, good episode. Good shit. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the main fucking event, baby. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> episode 109, last one out of Beach City, came out uh, September the 8th, 2016, uh, written by Hilary Florido and Jesse Zook. S- Pearl, Stephen, and Amethyst go to a rock show. I think you could have mentioned th- the mysterious woman in here, and it wouldn't have given away the game too much. Yeah. Um. Uh, the episode begins at the beach house. Stephen and Pearl are working on a puzzle, and Amethyst is uh, vibrating in the same way that I do uh, <laughs> when I've, I'm excited to go somewhere. I'm just running around the house. Uh, I get the zoomies. The uh, She is going to be going to a rock concert with a Greg to see... Uh, what's his name? Trying to get the... Mike it's something Kroll. Kroll. Yeah, Mike yeah. Kroll, who is a real who is a real musician, by the way. Um, the Greg shows up and he's like, "We can't go. I can't go to the concert. I forgot that I have to to play bridge with uh, Barb and Vidalia." And Amethyst is like, "What the fuck? You gonna skip out on me for bridge?" And he's like, "Listen, you can't fuck with Barb. <laughs> She's a fucking real one. She'll kill me." <laughs> um. And Amethyst is super depressed. She's like, God damn it. I wanted to go to the show. And uh, Pearl is like, well, you could hang out with us. And she's like, what? And do a puzzle? Uh, are we going to knit later too? And Pearl's like, well, no, we we could go to the show. Me and Steven and you. And Amethyst is like, oh, my God, you're going to come to a loud concert where people are going to push each other. And Pearl is, Pearl is like, I was a goddamn intergalactic rebel. I can handle uh, some humans. Uh, so Amethyst is like, all right, well, you've got to blend in, though. So we get Pearl in clothes, uh, Pearl in a pair of like high water mom jeans 
uh, and uh, a leather jacket. It's a great look. Uh, Is it a leather jacket? I, I thought it was like denim, a denim jacket. Like, it's still a great look. I yeah, just... you're probably right, because the sleeves are rolled up and you don't really roll up the yeah. sleeves on a leather jacket. Um, it's a black. Yeah, denim but I mean, jacket. it's good look. It, it's a good look, though. It's it's real good. Uh, they are at the big donut. Uh, I am cursed once again to see the sign dog nut. Um, mm-hmm. the, that doesn't play into the plot, but I had to see it. You need to know that I saw it. <laughs> um, the, they are choosing snacks, uh, particularly drinks. Amethyst like eats an entire monster energy drink. Uh, and Steven is going to drink an apple juice and Pearl is going to try drinking tonight. Uh, when all of a sudden this, this super punk rock chick with, uh, pink hair walks in and begins to get a coffee and Pearl is like hubba da hubba da what um and Amethyst is like oh this is perfect you we're gonna go be interacting with a lot of cute cool humans go talk to that cool human uh this is after Pearl inquires about like how the girl got pink hair uh so Pearl goes up there to like I guess make a fake coffee and strike up conversation with the pink haired lady uh and then biffs it biffs it real hard just knocks over all the coffee cups can't talk just really fucks this up and the the pink haired woman leaves i think not without paying for her coffee whatever she just stole that coffee she's too cool it's fine uh she's so cool uh they just let her have it this is this is a thing that we know that the 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 big donut will do if you're hot enough you can get free food at the big donut Mm -hmm. uh um uh, Pearl is really despondent about fucking up her chance. And finally, Steven says the quiet part loud. Hey, we're, are we just not going to talk about how that lady kind of looked like mom? And at this point, Amethyst fucking gets her. She's like, oh, my God, you fucking dorko. Uh, <laughs> just like like gently ribbing Pearl about kind of screwing up her chance with the lady that she obviously had a had the hots for uh, serendipitously. The uh, pink-haired woman pulls up beside them on a motorcycle. Uh, Amethyst helps uh, coaches Pearl through getting, like, a solid look, uh, making eye contact with the pink-haired lady. Uh, It's a very good moment, but they are cut off by a stoplight. Uh, Pearl stops at the stoplight, but the pink-haired lady, she goes through on yellow. Um, And Stephen laments about how she's getting away. Um... And Pearl is like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go talk to that lady. She just like straight runs the red light. Uh, She is pulling up on the pink haired woman when they see blue and red lights in the background. It's the goddamn cops. Um, Pearl says, I don't have a license. Fuck the police. And uh, begins speeding away. We get a cool chase scene. uh, And Pearl fast and furious is themselves behind a fucking uh, behind like a billboard. Uh, but turns out the car is out of gas, so they have to get out and walk toward a gas station, presumably. It's at this point Kurt Pearl has like a little bit of a breakdown, being like, I wanted this night to be so cool. I wanted to try all these new things. I wanted to have a fucking I wanted to have a night for like me where I did new stuff. Um, all I did was like fuck everything up. And then Steven and Amethyst are like, what the fuck do you mean? You were a total goddamn badass. You ran from the fucking cops. You chased a mysterious woman into the, the night. You're you're fucking you're dope as shit. Pearl's like, you're right. I am dope as shit. Um, 
It's at this point that they hear the, the sounds of the concert. Uh, they break through the bushes, and lo and behold, at the Mike Kroll concert, there is the mysterious girl. Kroll uh, works up the courage to go talk to the mysterious girl, with Amethyst being like, no, no, she's too cool for you. Go talk to a nerd. Um, she has a bit of a conversation with the pink-haired girl where uh, she she more or less woos this girl by being like Pearl the ambivalent uh person that she is um uh pearl is a bit unhappy uh saying that the girl walked off uh after their conversation uh and gave her a piece of paper with a code on it Stephen amethyst realized that they got uh pearl in fact got the pink haired woman's number like cell phone number uh and they congratulate pearl uh montage wipe the end <sighs> this one's for the gays. What a good episode. I mean, every this, yeah. every episode of Steven Universe for the gays, but this one is very for the gays. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um, I have, I wrote myself this note so I would tell this story. I recently, so it says, Brian, tell your house show's story. Uh, <laughs> I read these notes to myself. This is how I have to remind myself of things. So recently I was booking, uh, I'm trying to book acts for, um, for, for Knox Pride, right? Or for Blunt Pride, not Knox Pride, Jesus. Uh, this was back in October when we were originally going to have the event, but we had to cancel it because of like the, you know, because of the, the panorama. Um, but I was trying to make a connection with a lot of these artists because like, frankly, a lot of them, we were going to have to pay very little, uh, because we don't have a whole lot of money. And I wanted to talk to them to let them know that we're not trying to take advantage of their labor. We just don't have the money. And I need, you know, I need queer artists, unfortunately. You know, this is the the mm. you know, the problem with the situation. Um, and so I, uh, I saw that one of the guys that I had previously gone to college with and I wanted to book Grady, he was uh, participating in a house show. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to go to this house show. And I had talked to him beforehand. I'm like, hey, is this like a – could I – like, because I had to uh, message him for the address. And so I, I'm going to the house show. I've been to a lot of house shows. I've played a lot of house shows. House shows usually happen in a particular kind of house. <laughs> hmm. uh, it's a punk house. It's not like the nicest house in the world. Usually it's in kind of like a meh neighborhood. Uh, but, you know, you can get away with being loud. Right. That, that's house shows. Right. And I knew Grady was just playing acoustic guitar and I figured it was going to be kind of like a more low key gig. So it wasn't going to be like we're not going to be like fucking slam dancing in somebody's living room or anything like that. But I was still expecting like a house show vibe. So I show up in my usual clothes, which are like ratty jeans and fucking uh, like hammered to shit Doc Martens in my vest that is very aggressive. And I show up to a neighborhood that has a name on like a brick placard oh and no up to, like, i fucking shit you not like a three hundred thousand dollar house and i'm oh, like is this where i'm no. supposed to be and there's all these cars and i walk in and yeah there, there's like a show happening it's not like an acoustic show you know and everybody is just like much preppier than me um, not like they were prep, Hello's like they weren't shitty days. people by any stretch, but like I'm, I was definitely the punk in like the, the hipster kid house. 
Like they had free beer oh. uh, and that beer was like Terrapin. Like it wasn't cheap beer. Uh, and so I, my social anxiety went through the goddamn roof until I started talking to Grady. He was like, Brian. And I'm like, oh, thank fuck. Somebody I know here. So they don't think I'm some kind of sociopath or some shit like that. Just wandered in. <laughs> uh, so uh, that was a pretty good show. I ended up talking to Grady and like another artist there that was intending to book. And so it nice. ended out good. Ended, it ended okay. Uh, but that that was my house house show story. I have other house show stories. Uh, about like the one time I was going to play a house gig um, and I did play a house gig, but the owners of the house, we were supposed to spend the night there, but the owner, the people who like rented the house or the people who booked the show and lived there, uh, the they got into a fist fight in the middle of the living room. And so as they're fist fighting, we just unload our gear and get in our van and leave. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so. Uh... Let's rank I this enjoy Pearl the. Well, hang on, okay, hang on. Okay. I want to start at the beginning because I enjoy the the little tidbits of character development they give for even like side characters. Just the whole, the way Greg's demeanor changes and he's like, Barb is not a woman of empty threats. <laughs> Just that's so delightful to me. And it's the kind of thing I hope they never follow up on. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to know what Barb did in the past that caused Greg to to feel this way. It's just, it's delightful. Sometimes you don't have to know. Sometimes the imagination of the viewer is better than anything that you could come up with yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, I love the... Because, like, we see, I'm I'm sure we see Barb a couple more times. Mm-hmm. Like, one or two more times. You know, she's not, like, Barb is a fun character, but she's not, like, a, she's not even, like, the B-cast. No. Um, but, uh, I assume that, like, Barb, Vidalia, and Greg have, like, a I-know-what-you-did-last-summer-level pact with one another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Now we got to rank Pearl's fashion. Mm. So, I mean, this is definitely at the top. Yeah, it's true. 100%. Is it, is it better than Pearl in a tuxedo? Oh, you forgot about Pearl in a tuxedo. I did forget about Pearl in a tuxedo, (laughs) but I think, I do think this is better. Okay. Because like Pearl in a tuxedo. Pearl in a, in a tuxedo and histor- historical Pearl, mm-hmm. like those are Pearl looks. But seeing her not only outside of her comfort zone, but rocking it is what elevates this look. That's fair. That's fair. Because like the tuxedo Pearl seems in, still in her comfort zone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. So uh, I think it goes this tuxedo pearl, historical pearl, eighties pearl, and then the two pearl looks that we get day to day within Steven Universe proper. Right, right. Like standard pearl. Yeah. Um 
Like, I feel bad saying it's not that standard pearl is bad. It's just other outfits are better. We're going to see one more, at least one more pearl look. Very, Mm -hmm. very past pearl. Okay. Um, The pearl trying to be cool in the big donut. Very cute. I love how Amethyst knows that she's like. She's trying to play it up and Amethyst is just letting it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, it's it's cute that Pearl is going to this effort, presumably in no small part for Amethyst. Right. Well, it seemed I, like, I would say that later into the episode, like when Pearl kind of has like the, you know, gets really overwhelmed to how like wrong everything went. I think Pearl wanted like Pearl's also doing this for herself. Like she wants to do this, yeah. like, not just for no. for Amethyst, but yeah. No, I don't think I don't think that she's she doesn't want to do this. I think that Amethyst is the impetus. Like she wants to connect with Amethyst on a level that's closer to where Amethyst is. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's a really good character moment that she decides that she's going to to try to meet Amethyst halfway like this. Especially knowing that this is going to be something that she wouldn't normally do. Right. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I can't believe they had the restraint not to give Pearl a nosebleed when the pink-haired lady walked in. Uh huh. I was fully expecting that. I mean, I guess it's because she doesn't have blood. They could have. I think they could have gotten away with like a nosebleed of like a some kind of blue blood or whatever. Yeah, like teal. Yeah, because she she blushes teal. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, oh man, yeah. And I mean, fair. Mm-hmm. Listen, I get it. I get it, Pearl. Everybody in the room yeah. gets it. <laughs> yeah. Except maybe Steven. Uh, yeah, true. I mean, that's fair for Steven. Um, the uh, I also I needed to note. I know I said so in the in the summary, but fuck, I hate the word dog nut. It feels bad yeah. in my mouth. Um, yeah, it feels I bad bet, in my I, brain. I hate that it's there. Yeah, uh, and I will never I know peace now that I know dog nut. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, man. So Pearl is me when trying to interact with someone that I like. God, I don't know how I got through that first Gatlinburg trip with Anya. I, I genuinely don't. See, the thing um, the thing with me is when I get nervous, I start talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that helps a lot in situations like this. Because my brain starts talking and like doing, you know, my rapid fire joke bit. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I love how hard Pearl eats shit on this interaction. Yeah, it's so relatable. It's true. <laughs> I also love God. the moment of realization in Amethyst's face when Steven's like, the, she looks like mom. Are we ne- is no one going to mention it? <laughs> Yeah. And Amethyst being like, oh, my fucking God. Yeah. (laughs) Cat. Dog. Nut. No. (laughs) Uh, 
the I, I don't know, I guess maybe Pearl said something about it, but I I put quote-unquote socializing with humans uh, is something Pearl <laughs> is interested in now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really like the simple, like, the, the way that they shade and everything, the, like, 3D models of the cars. Mm-hmm. It looks really yeah. good. It does. It's it's not something that looks out of place in the show. Yeah, because like I'm pretty sure, I am pretty sure that they 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 drew for the most part the the race between Kevin and, and Stevani. I don't think they did. Maybe you're right. Maybe they were. Maybe they did make the cars 3D models. I can see why. It's a lot easier, and you can yeah. get. It's easier to just make the model and move it around. And you can get the same – like, obviously, you get good animation out of it. You shoot the shot. It, yeah. It, but it it just – it really – like, if you weren't paying attention to it and you don't watch the episodes multiple times like I do, um, I feel like you could easily miss that they're not, they're not drawn. Well, I mean, they could also have been rotoscoped. But, yeah, I mean, like, it looks – the way that they render them, however it is – they do so in such a way that they do not look out of place, which is is nice. Yeah. It's a nice touch. Well, apparently they they use. I was watching a corridor crew, and they were talking. They had like an animation. They were doing an animation reacts episode, and apparently it's a similar like uh, Attack on Titan uses this process a lot, where they like oh huh. they will overlay three D assets with their 2d asset i mean it makes sense when you see attack on titan because there's a lot of 3d assets but like apparently there's a lot of 3d assets in attack on titan that you never notice because it's easier to compose the shot around some drawn asset a combination of drawn and 3d assets yeah um particularly with things that are like static and you need to move a camera around uh it's a lot easier to like you know do that in a 3d space instead of a 2d one Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Man, if only Attack on Titan weren't, like, fascist bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> I don't like that cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I watched, like, half the first season and enjoyed it up until the point that I realized what it was, and then it's just like, ugh. I didn't, I, no. I continuously thought they were going to be, like, at some point we're going to find out, like, oh, yeah, the, the, the ones, the people who can turn into the Titans, they've got a point. You know what I mean? Like, the mm-hmm. obvious fascists are the bad guys. No. Uh, uh, man, the music across these three episodes, banging. Like, yeah, uh, Mike Kroll, who is a real artist, I believe. Let me double check. Because I know this... Uh, yeah, yeah. Mike Kroll is a real musician. Um, and this is really his music, uh, that's in this it's episode. It's good. It's very good. He's a parent. Oh, oh, he's a, actually a regular collaborator with them. Ah. Uh, cause he comes back. Uh, he, com- well, okay, never mind. He comes back for one song, uh, but he collaborates with them on writing a song in the movie. But yeah, his I like I've I've uh, listened to a bit of his music, off and on since this episode premiered, way back in the day, and it's pretty good. It's got that you know, it's, sounds like what you hear in this episode. 
Um, but it's a pretty mm-hmm. good, pretty good. I like it. It fits this episode real well too. Like they they do. It's yeah. I think that's probably one of the reasons why they went with the 3D models, especially because like you know, production cost. I'm sure it's much cheaper production cost wise, but they like mm-hmm. they get some very good kinetic action with it that it is while extremely capable of being done in 2D animation. Um, a lot faster, a lot simpler, and a lot like a lot easier to make effective with 3D models. Hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, I, uh, deeply appreciated the nod to the fact that Pearl's not a citizen, so she doesn't have ID. <laughs> like Pearl being like, I don't have a driver's license. And Amethyst being like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Stephen yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um... It also raises interesting questions about whether or not Stephen has a birth certificate. I I firmly believe that he does not, uh, and that is one of the reasons why he does not go to real school. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, um, luckily, they no one put in that poor car cares. through the ringer. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, they beat the shit out of that Don die. Yeah, this is not the first time that this car has been in a race of some sort. Uh, yeah, they, <laughs> the old Dondi, it gets it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's poor car. Yeah. I loved the I loved the talk to the talk to a nerd bit. I really so there's when 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 Mike Kroll was playing right and they cut to the audience there's like that one bald person who's like singing along that's me at a lot of shows I feel that bald person I, I am connected with that person uh, that doesn't surprise me I you know what I like about Amethyst being like go talk to a nerd what's that I feel like this entire thing implies Amethyst has picked up a lot of chicks I feel like that tracks. Yeah. I feel like that's within her character to have picked up a bunch of a bunch of chicks. Although, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily chicks. Like she's just picked up a bunch of people. That's true. True. Uh, but Amethyst, like, I guess if we rank the three crystal gems by like, uh, on the they fuck a meter. This is a new tool that I've been, it's here in the studio. You guys can't see it uh-huh. at home, but we, we paid extra money to have this. It's linked via the internet. Yes. August has one. I have one. It's the, they fuck a meter. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, if we had to rank the three primary crystal gems on the, they fuck a meter, uh, I believe probably getting the highest readings is Garnet. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I genuinely... <laughs> Okay, so so here's the thing. Uh, Ruby and Sapphire fuck. Oh, yeah. A lot. Actually, you know what? Yeah, I'd, Ruby and Sapphire, they're at the top of they fuck, the, the, the fuck, like, they fuck a meter. Yeah. I've I forgotten what the name of the meter see, is already. <laughs> we don't see Garnet express any particular interest or disinterest one way or the other. She hits like, extremely she hard on Peridot. But also so does Amethyst. Everybody hitting on Peridot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
that's that's one that that's one character whereas amethyst we get consistent implication that she has like relationships outside the crystal gems like she definitely fucked Vidalia. Mm-hmm. She's definitely Onion's uh, Onion's other parent. Yeah. Um, like she definitely fucked Greg. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So like, at the top of the meter has to be Amethyst. True. Now, Garnet just oozes that kind of like sexual energy, but I don't think that she fucks that much. Uh, it's fair. It's fair. She does fuck though. And then I feel Pearl. like we can def- oh. demonstrably say she does fuck. Yes, yeah. Garnet. Garnet does fuck, but not nearly as much as Amethyst. Right, and not nearly as much as Ruby and Sapphire. But Ruby and Sapphire fucking each other at any possible, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, they fuck a meter for Ruby and Sapphire is just between Ruby and Sapphire because they're fucking on like any chance they get. Like you turn around for like a half yeah. second, you're gonna turn back around. And those two are fucking. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Pearl. Pearl. Unfortunately, I believe Pearl might be at the bottom of the list. Yeah. Uh, and it's not. If we had a different meter, I'm working on it. It's on back order. But the horny meter, Pearl, maybe at the top of the horny meter. Yeah. Uh, but at the bottom of the they fuck a meter. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's rank the secondary crystal gems. Uh, uh, primarily lapis, because I feel like like Peridot is not going to be on the they fuck a meter. I don't feel like no. Peridot is interested in that. A Peridot no. romantic, but ne- but probably like uh, a romant like yeah, a, a romantic asexual person. Yeah. Yeah, I um I can see that for sure. Again, uh, I hesitate I hesitate to say that like amethyst or not amethyst. I hesitate to say that Peridot is like completely like disinterested because of the ways that autistic people in real life get, you know, uh desexualized in really harmful ways. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, I, I would say that we have shown that Peridot has had multiple instances where, like, she's been approached with sim, like, with our with our metaphors that we have within the show for for, oh, for yeah. intimate relationships, and has backed off of that, like, made a conscious yeah. choice to do so. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I def I also think that she definitely has the capacity for like romantic interest and romantic oh, yeah. relationships. Definitely, definitely, definitely has crushes on both. Like on Amethyst and has a thing for Lapis. Yeah, 100%. And Lapis, thing back for Peridot. Uh, Yeah. Lapis, though, I feel like Lapis is just under Amethyst on the fucking meter, but only because Lapis hasn't had as much opportunity. Yeah, I I concur. Mm -hmm. Good. Glad we've got this. I'm sure everybody home riveted. Uh, Yes. Eventually, I'll get a, a 24-hour live webcam feed of the the fi- they fuck meter up on Twitch for you guys. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, how the fuck does Amethyst know the word Shakespearean? That doesn't seem like a thing Amethyst knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But great. I love. I love. Pearl is absolute like 
Pearl has great Pearl ends up great mom energy. Mm-hmm. Like, just like uh, she is a person who is like older, who is like fuck. I just want to be cool, like perception of cool, and just kind of wanting to like be out and make a change. You know what I mean? Like, kind of get mm-hmm. back to your not necessarily like Pearl's. I don't think Pearl's trying to like recapture her glory days, but I think she's she wanted a new interesting experience tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and she's gonna pick up a younger chick. She's like the cougar at the fucking punk show. <laughs> Jesus, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, I love the little the ending montage. Very good too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amethyst the list- wrote these. It's true. <laughs> uh, for the listener at home, I also made an edit of that where I marked out uh, repressed nerd for Pearl and replaced it with useless lesbian. <laughs> Which is also true. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the two are interchangeable. That's true. It's true. Um, But I feel like that's what they wanted to put there. They just couldn't, you know. Yeah. I'm how helping did this, this universe. How did this episode? How did this episode not, happen? Yeah, this is this is a very explicit episode. Yeah, like, I mean, I get they also got uh uh, Mister Greg through. Like they got uh, it's over, isn't it? Like th- there's no subtext to that song. It's all text, baby. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know. Don't fucking know. Uh, <laughs> mods were asleep and they posted the episode to Cartoon Network. Yep. <laughs> yep. That must be it. Uh, yeah, that's all I can think of. Great. Yeah. I'm glad they did, though. Like, this oh, is a, yeah. just, just a great, like, this episode... It, this advances care like like every sort of filler episode for Steven Universe. What this does is advance characters. Like characters grew in this episode, particularly Pearl. But Amethyst too. And we got to see character evolution in this episode too. Um because like season two, Amethyst and Pearl could not have had this episode together. Yeah. Um Keep in mind Pearl picking up numbers from Mystery Girl, because while we don't see, we don't interact with Mystery Girl again, we get to, like, she's like a background character in another episode. Um, we do keep in mind Pearl b- picking up numbers from this chick. Hmm. Okay. I will keep this in um, mind. Let's see. Well, that was all I had. <laughs> yeah. So I was looking at trivia for the episode. Apparently, Dee Dee, the voice actor for Pearl, was concerned about the scene in the episode where Pearl runs the red light as her children would see it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's Ooh, very apparently, cute. Apparently, uh, Mystery Girl's phone number has the area code 301, which is the uh, area code for the western portion of Maryland, which helps us place Del Marva a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. 
I don't think... Yeah, I don't think there's uh, much of anything else here. Uh, a weird thing that I did notice that... Mm. Uh, if you look in... like, So when Pearl looks into the re- rear view when the cop is chasing them, like you can see Pearl's expression change, but the eyes in the rear view never change. And it, I only noticed it the second time around, but it did freak me out. <laughs> mm. I mean, that's almost certainly just an animation error. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it did, like, when I noticed, I was like, uh, I don't like yeah. that. <laughs> it's just yeah. un- unintentionally very creepy. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, next week, uh, we're going to be, we're only going to be doing two episodes because one of them is a double length episode. We've got Onion Gang and Jim Harvest. Jim Harvest being the double episode. Um, so. Oh, wait, hang oh. on. Mm-hmm. Didn't we have a? Uh... Oh yeah, we had some people in our tw- in our in, in our Discord, not our Twitch. Pfft, no one's ever on our Twitch. Um, <laughs> big shout out to Deb for uh, for rating us on Monday. Um, but uh, uh, dreamers, uh, mod they huh? Mod that's mod. Oh okay, I'm just going off the username. So uh, mod. Uh, was uh asked what we think about pro letting loose it's good that's what it's we very think. good it's great we love it couldn't yes honestly i would love i would love a follow-up show to steven universe where it's just like what the gems are up to and their little lives mm-hmm. um i feel like this pearl that we see here in know your fusion we're gonna get an episode just as fucking just delicious and a meal for us gays uh, in uh, Steven Universe future. I'm excited. It's you're gonna you you're gonna be so fucking excited, August. You're gonna, you're gonna fucking you're gonna lose your fucking shit. I cannot, I cannot wait. wait. Um, let's see. Uh, Shannon uh, said that uh, she loved this episode. Uh, Pearl as a cool mom and uh, getting squishy uh, feelings for a big lady. Very relatable. She wishes Pearl would unclench more. I think, honestly, going forward in the series, we see a more relaxed Pearl. Like, we have see- been seeing an evolution of Pearl very much so over the course of the series. Mm-hmm. Um... So I think I think we'll see. I mean, obviously, we're going to get into some tense situations. Um, but the I think we're going to we see a, a, an overall more relaxed Pearl as things go along. And then uh, Ashlyn uh, wishes that we would see the big pink haired lady more often and. I do too. The biggest thing that people fucking wanted from Steven Universe, and particularly Steven Universe Future, is just like, when is Mystery Girl going to show back up? Anytime mm-hmm. episodes, like, titles would be spoiled, they're like, is Mystery Girl coming back in this one? Um, it was great. Good times. Um, Let's see. Anything. I think that's everybody. If you want to give us your takes. Now, I'm going to put this out there. If if you're listening now 
and you're like, man, I really have an episode uh, question about this episode. So give us your questions about this episode. We'll answer it next episode. Like, I know I yeah. usually try and get hot takes on what's coming up. But if you just want to talk to us about what's previously happened, even multiple episodes ago, or you want to yell at us about Utena or The Matrix or uh, Evan Galeon, hit us up. Uh, we would love we want to we want to talk to you interact with you and you can do that with our discord link is down in the description of this podcast episode um don't know what happened there with my voice <laughs> um, the but yeah uh link is in the description below uh we would love to come and talk to you we've got a great community on discord uh I know that we joke that this this show has like no viewers, but we we know we have a lot of fun listeners and our our discord community is more or less all of the shows that we do kind of packed into one one area. And uh, it's lots of good, nice people in there. So so come in, come in, come and vibe if you don't already. Um, let's see. But yeah, next time we're watching uh, Onion Gang and uh jim uh harvest yeah jim harvest uh should be a fun time uh almost certainly august and i will go on an extended rant about aqua teen hunger force because we're that (laughs) old we're exactly the right age to yell about aqua teen hunger force yep (sighs) um also pay us money and we'll watch the critical role cartoon I don't know how, like, just Venmo me. You mail it to me. Uh, We'll take Uh, any form of cash you want for watching the Critical Role cartoon. God. Uh, Someone's going to do it, and then we're going to have to, and then we're going to be mad. (laughs) I mean, I've watched a lot of... I am sure that the compressed version of Critical Role is probably fine. I bet it's not going to blow my mind, but I bet it's, you know, because, like, Critical Role is kind of meandering, but also it's an actual play. So, like, it happens sometimes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go back and tell the story of an actual play, you're going to cut a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, I might watch it of my own volition, but I won't tell you until you pay me money. Huh? Uh, <laughs> Jesus. That's not true. I probably will just, I'll get bored enough one day and I'll watch the Critical Role. Um, and I mean, the thing is, that's the one that I have the nostalgia for is the season one critical role stuff. So it, it's very much geared towards your boy. Um, man, I read a Kotaku article. We're going to go on another talk about critical role, guys. Um, yeah, <laughs> I the, read a the Kotaku. article about about yeah. the Orientalism. Yeah. And how toxic critical roles fans are. Yeah. Did you read any of the I, comments on that? I didn't have to read the comments to know what was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, just like like the article, the fans of Critical Role, extremely toxic when it comes to defending the show. The fans of Critical Role down in the comments of this article, extremely toxic when it comes to defending the show. Just. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I cannot believe that they would go to like basically fake like fake sub-Saharan Africa 
And no, it's it's Northwest Africa. Northwest. Oh, sorry, that was sub Saharan. My bad. I or can't believe they would go to Northeast Africa. It's wait, I, uh, it's yeah, it's I the area the that's next. It's it's like South Southwest Asia, Northeast Africa, or yeah, that's it. Something like that. Let me hold on a second. I went to Kotaku to pull the article up, um, so that I can get that Southwest Asian, North African. Yeah, Swana. I imagine is how it would be pronounced, like the acronym mm-hmm. would be pronounced. I can't believe they did that, and they just didn't change the cast. Just yeah. kept all the white people. How fucking tone yeah. deaf do you have to be? Uh, exactly that tone deaf. It right? turns out, like, I know that they've started other shows on in the bubble of critical role right i know this is not the only show that they do now and that they do have people of color on those other shows right but like what the fuck (laughs) yeah blah dumb rich white people man yeah It's so easy to have made the change and not get criticized, too. Like, they could have done it. Yeah. There's nothing stopping them from doing so. Yep. It would be easy for them. So many people would bend over backwards to get that slot. Blah. <sighs> Bluggity blah. Yeah. Friends, if you're not already less listening to Friends at the Table, listen to Friends at the Table. It's so much better than Critical Role. Yeah. Friends at the Table at their worst uh, is better than Critical Role at its absolute best. Yeah. Uh, I, I need to sit through the Palisade uh, road to Palisade. Brian, thing. it gave me brain worms. I know. I saw... I was li- I've listened to about an hour and a half of the first episode, just like the I was losing my goddamn mind the whole fucking time, like all nine hours of it. I was just losing my fucking shit. <laughs> it was made for me like it even started with the August uh, live at the table like it was made for me. <laughs> they decided to give me an early birthday present. It is August's live at the table. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, even more my live at the table than the live at the table where they played one of my games. <laughs> um, the I am inter- I'm very interested in Palisade. Me uh, too. Like the weird, like the weirdness. Interested to see characters show back up, like in particular Dre's and the end of Partisan character that he was playing. Yeah, I'm excited to, well, I don't know anything about the end of Partisan. I'm just excited for something that's not Partisan, that if the road to Palisade is any indication is going to be real fucking good. Also, I just enjoy Armorister as a system, yeah. so. I like that. The few times I've played it, I liked it quite a bit. Um, but... <laughs> yeah, all right. But yeah, listen to Friends of the Table. Listen to our shows if you don't. 
Yeah. All our other shows. I don't know how this is the only, if this is the only Standing Stones show that you listen to, that's real wild to me personally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we get more, is really more of an, our audience is more of a knock-on effect of the other stuff that we do as opposed to just this show's own efforts. Not to say that it's we do fine. a bad job here, but you know what I mean. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. We're doing this for us. Like, <laughs> obviously, we do not care about accessibility. We, you and I both having a giant neon who fucks a meter on our walls. Yeah. So. <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, come check us out on Mondays, too. We're. I had a full breakdown at the end of this most recent episode. It's real good. Uh, me throwing, literally throwing my controller down, looking at the camera like, well, that's been Magic Gear Monday. This is not a bit. I'm going home. <laughs> I was so mad. I was so fucking mad. I'm sorry. Stupid ball fell off the platform, even though I didn't do anything wrong. And then I got to the right space, and the dude didn't throw. I'm so fucking mad. Uh, so, check us out. Uh, hopefully, we've only got one more session of uh, Munge's Odyssey left. I can't imagine there's more than yeah. more than one session left, and then we'll get into Stranger's Wrath. Hopefully. I mean, it'll probably have the a lot of these games have kind of a problem where the difficulty curve gets real steep toward the end for no apparent reason. I feel like much as Odyssey has been a good, good level of challenge all the way up until this point. Mm-hmm. Um, much like I thought same thing about new and tasty, though. So, yeah. All right. Well, uh, wait, I I've got I, something to plug. Oh, OK. Plug. So by the time this comes out, uh, my game Ocean Tides is going to be running a Kickstarter for a physical uh, edition with a brand new layout and some new art. Um, you can find that on uh, tinyurl.com forward slash ocean dash tides. Um, check it out. I'm really proud of how that game came out. Uh, it's a good time. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's my plug. Oh, and also a week after you hear this, the the weekend after you hear this, we'll be doing a live stream event for uh, raising money for Blunt Pride. That's the pride organization that I uh, am a part of. We're trying to have pride, big pride event here in my tiny little hometown here in Tennessee. Um, it's going to cost way more. Fuck it. It's going to cost a lot of money. We need your money, please. Please. Uh, please give us your money. Uh, we will use it well. I promise. We are nice people, uh, but we we need that money. <laughs> Let me tell you, we had a meeting with the city and we got we got a solid estimate of what it's going to cost. And who boy, it's a lot of money. So uh, we would appreciate you showing up. We're going to be playing some games. We're going to have some friends. It's going to be a good time. Hell yeah. Hell yes. Uh, all right. I believe it's your turn, August. It is my turn, in mm -hmm. which case I exhort you, please, be like Cookie Cat and ask that girl for her phone number. You never know what's going to happen. Peace. Peace. <laughs>